Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Sanctions on Russian energy exports are now on the table, and Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell says he's sticking with the plan for raising rates. Plus, Russia's brutal attack on Ukraine has prompted Germany to transform its foreign and defense policy. Our Frankfurt correspondent calls it nothing short of a revolution. And it all happened in the space of a 30-minute or so a series of speeches in the Bundestag on, on Sunday morning. He'll talk about what that means for Germany's defense industry. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Oil prices shot above $113 a barrel on Wednesday. Big energy buyers are now shunning Russian supplies. And OPEC met yesterday. It refused to boost production over and above output increases that are already in the works. The White House and Western allies have so far avoided official sanctions on Russian energy exports. They're worried about hurting European economies. But yesterday, U.S. President Joe Biden said nothing is off the table. And U.S. lawmakers are also eager to ban Russian energy. Here's our Washington correspondent, Kieran Stacey. There is definitely momentum building, especially on Capitol Hill, to do something on this. Uh, It's regarded as the last great untouched part of sanctions policy. Um, So we have a bill doing the rounds on Capitol Hill from the Democratic Senator Ed Markey that would give the president explicit power to levy an oil embargo or uh, potentially even an oil and gas embargo on Russia. There seems to be a real kind of cross-party consensus building that something needs to be done about Russian oil. So I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see something maybe in the next couple of weeks. Kieran, would putting in this kind of ban make a difference? Yeah, U.S. doesn't use much Russian oil. Russian crude oil only accounts for about 3% of U.S. imports. So it's really a tiny amount which can be easily substituted. Net, the direct effect of the U.S. placing an oil embargo on Russia probably wouldn't have an impact on what the president really fears, which is prices at the petrol pump. The people I talk to say maybe one or two cents it could push prices up per gallon, but really nothing more than that, nothing that the consumer is particularly going to notice, especially when inflation is already high. The other reason it wouldn't make a direct impact is because there's pretty much a de facto embargo in place already. Simply put, the uh, refiners in the West do not want to buy Russian oil right now. They don't want to take that risk. They don't want to expose themselves politically. So the world has already shifted. An announcement of an embargo would kind of just be an official underlining of what has already started to happen in the market. So what's the holdup here, Kieran? Why not just go ahead and do it? I think there are a couple of things. Um, One is that the detail of the policy would actually need to be figured out. First question, does it also apply to gas? Uh, That would be a much bigger deal, especially for Europe. Um, Second question is, is there a way to ratchet down supplies without just saying, okay, we're going to cut you off tomorrow? The other thing that Joe Biden really wants to avoid is any kind of shock to the system. So even though the direct impact might be relatively small, there is a risk that the market overreacts to what the president does and the price of Brent does go spiking. And that's absolutely the last thing he wants to see. Kieran Stacey is the FT's Washington correspondent.
Also in Washington, Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell confirmed to U.S. lawmakers yesterday that he still wants a quarter-point interest rate rise in March. This is despite the economic uncertainty created by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. U.S. markets jumped after Powell's testimony. The S&P 500 ended the day nearly 2% higher. Here's our U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith, with more. There was some skepticism as to whether the Fed would actually proceed with an adjustment of interest rates uh, later this month in light of everything going on uh, with Ukraine and Russia. But I think he re- he wanted to clarify that the Fed is not looking at these geopolitical tensions as a reason to hit pause on any kind of monetary policy tightening. And instead, they're, they're going to push ahead here. But it's also important that he specified that this would be a quarter point interest rate increase because, you know, in the weeks leading up to this testimony, we'd been hearing from some Fed officials that the Fed should maybe be moving even more aggressively and raising interest rates by, let's say, a half of a percentage point. So this was Powell's opportunity to really kind of set the record straight and and get markets aligned with with their plans uh, in just a couple weeks' time. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. Another big ripple effect from the war in Ukraine has been a stunning turnaround in Germany's foreign and defense policy. After decades of minimizing defense spending, Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz convened a special session of the Bundestag this weekend and announced a 100 billion euro fund to modernize the military. Here's our Frankfurt correspondent, Joe Miller. I think it's fair to say there has been nothing short of a revolution in um, German policy in a number of spheres, in foreign policy, in defense policy, in energy policy, in finance policy. And it all happened in the space of a a 30 minute or so series of speeches in the Bundestag on, on Sunday morning. Joe's been writing about how this is transforming Germany's corporate landscape and the defense industry in particular. He told me about one executive named Armin Pappinger. It's fair to say that Amon Papage's name is not well known within Germany uh, and certainly not beyond Germany, at least until Monday morning. He is the CEO of Rheinmetall, which is Germany's largest uh, listed defense contractor. It makes tanks and ammunition and all sorts of armored vehicles. The industry as a whole has been sidelined in Germany for for many decades, partly for cultural reasons, um, obviously in uh, a legacy of the the Second World War, but also because uh, increasingly investors were not particularly interested in such companies. In fact, the defense industry in Germany, especially the smaller companies, were having trouble as recently as a few weeks ago raising any money using domestic banks. But come Monday morning, Papager and a whole load of other CEOs from companies like uh, Hensoldt, which is one of the other big defense contractors in Germany, were on a call uh, with the German government who were begging them to ramp up their operations with immediate effect. So these companies are suddenly in the spotlight and their share prices has been doubling as a result, um, as has lots of other companies across the sector. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I want to ask you about that. What are the other industries that are being affected by the shift in German defense policy? Is there kind of a trickle-down effect here? There is a trickle-down effect, but it will take a little while longer. So, for example, one of the, the big group of companies are steelmakers, uh, because obviously we, there's now an enormous demand for, for steel, for tanks and for missiles, etc. But it's fair to say that what's happened recently is because of the COVID crisis, a lot of these contractors have large stockpiles already because they were worried that supply of raw materials would be held up. So it will take a while until the demand trickles through. 
And then you've got the sort of uh, auxiliary suppliers, the people like Genoptic, which is a company that makes sites that go on uh, on sniper rifles, for example. You know, they will also be seeing an increase in demand and their shares have been ticking up as well, although not quite as high as the sort of main defense contractors. Are there people pushing back on Germany's movements now? There are some, but uh, it's fair to say that they're few and far between for now. Um, I think if and when things quieten down, then you may find that a few people, both on the uh, hard left in Germany and on the far right, you know, respond to this and criticize this, this increased spend uh, for various different reasons. But astonishingly, given how drastic a shift in policy this is, there's been almost no public criticism of, of Germany's decision. Joe Miller is the FT's Frankfurt correspondent. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. One more thing before we go. I'll be hosting a discussion on Twitter Spaces today with several FT journalists about how the war in Ukraine is impacting the global economy. Join me at 4 p.m. London, 11 a.m. New York as I talk with Gideon Rockman, Robin Wigglesworth, and Claire Jones. I'll tweet out the link to it today from my Twitter account. My handle is at M-F-I-L-I-P-P-I-N-O. We'll also have a link in the show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.